The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. Uh, welcome to 4020 Live. It is August 21st. It is the week before our birthday show, which is next Tuesday, I think. Um, 16 people are already watching. It is five years of this program next week. Because we, we have two birthdays, we're like the king. Where, you know, unlike like the Women's World Cup final, no royalty has bothered to turn up today either. Uh, but, um, He's on his way. It is. I, I tell you what, politicians. Can I ask a question? Yes. I'm sure you said. That you would be wearing sackcloth and ashes today if Wakefield lost. I'm not wearing a cotton trader's polo shirt. Does that count? Just <laughs> thought I'd get it out of the yeah. way early on. No, I should have done. Shouldn't I? Um, politicians tweeting about sport. They're not very good, are they? Because they they don't it's understand. Their, it's their they their advisors, though, isn't it? They, 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 don't, talent, they don't understand, do they? They don't live in the real. They world. don't understand. Here I am wearing a shirt in a pub. No, you're not. No. Here yeah. I am supporting Aston Villa. It doesn't matter no which which colour politician you are. It's not I'm not, I'm not picking on any side. They're all they're all the same. on this on this occasion. They are all the same. Uh, welcome to the podcast. It's been a strange week because I'm not sure anything's really happened. Last week, well, well, last week nothing happened, but it was because of the fallout of Wembley. And this week it's just we we need to congratulate some teams that were doing things, and we need to mourn the passing of Michael Parkinson. I think. Let me find the um, Wales thing first because it's on an email here. Well, start with Catalan Dragons wheelchair, who were absolutely superb in the Challenge Cup final. Started off um, men on an absolute mission, very physical, took no prisoners, 18 0 lead early on. Leeds managed to get it back, but then conceded two tries just before half time. Looked like they were going to make a five in the first 20 minutes of the second half, and then Catalan got five consecutive tries and were. The, the speed of their play the ball and the skill of the ball transfer was absolutely amazing um, clearly they were storing up a huge amount of resentment from <laughs> last year and the World Cup final but fair play to them they were outstanding mm. it was as good a display of wheelchair rugby league from a team that I've seen they, they were astonishing and um, first time again the Challenge Cup has left the shores hopefully the, the I mean the crowd looked healthier than last year's in Hull yeah, so that, that, looks that looks that looks good Hopefully the people that enjoyed it. Hopefully the people that were supporting Sheffield in the game before. And congratulations to Gravesend on uh, winning their 
trophy, retaining their trophy, indeed, against Sheffield. And well done to Sheffield for getting to the final. What, are they two years old, if that? Yeah, and importantly, um, first ever wheelchair exhibition game just for women. Mm. Uh, which, again, is not trying to divorce... Uh, the 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 genders the you know I, I think the feedback was some women would prefer to start their wheelchair career just to see if they like it and get used to the impacts in a in a game that involves mm. all women and then if they're good enough or they want to they can then partake in maybe a super league team that will still remain mixed but yeah that was quite a landmark I think there were eight different clubs represented um, who sent females at it hand hand you know. And round of applause for Jody Boyd Ward, who was captain of Leeds. But before the game, uh, went over and talked to all the women that were there and said, you know, it's it's a sport for for us. Enjoy. Um, but but the dragons were fantastic, and um, Nico Clausel was as good an individual performance in a final as I've, as I've ever seen. He was unbelievable. And now they play Halifax on Friday. Yes, um, in uh, in European. But bizarrely, two of Catalan's best players, Seb Bashara and Jeremy Bolson, who no, are substitute, <laughs> will be playing for Halifax. I mean, one could say that might even things up slightly. Well, that's why so. they're doing it, I think. But it's going to be weird winning a Challenge Cup final with Catalan one week and then the following week playing against them in the European Club Championship. But it's, again, it. it the important thing is it's another potential property the European Club Championship that you would hope it will be an incentive for whoever wins the Super League Grand Final to say well next year we want a, a game against Catalan Dragons and then maybe 2024 Catalan Dragons will be in Super League and then everyone will have seen the Grand Final which is on the day after the, the men's Grand Final but we don't yes. know when the women's one is yet so but we know it's in Manchester it's in Manchester at the basketball arena so is that near um Man City's ground. Oh, I, I think it's else. where. Uh, I, think, I just get confused that everything I think is at Man City. It's ground. where the Magic Round was played this year in Manchester. Right. right. Someone will be able to tell us where it is. That's the good news. But well done to the Catalans. Well done to York Valkyrie. Yes. Who are, have retained the league leadership. The first women's team ever to do that. Um, they know. We know. Everyone knows. They need to win the grand final. But yes. that's not to take away from their achievement. They've been unbeaten in that competition well, all they season. To, they need to get to the grand final. They and do. Then they need to win it. We don't know where the semi-finals are yet, do we? Because we had a double header last or year. Or even the grand final. Or even the grand final. And, or when. Or when the grand final is. I've got through the women's results now because we may as well, while we're talking about York, they won 36-4 at Wigan. Um, oh, by the way, who, who I don't know who it is. At, um, Oxen. You know Oxen, the, the people who do the kit, the England kit. They brought out a new range of training gear, which I know some people on the internet will be shocked at, because uh, the new range of spring gear will have only just gone out of the shops and now be 30% off or something. They've put a picture of Tara Jane Stanley on, the reigning woman of steel. It looks like she's in a hoodie. She looks like she's going to come and nick your phone off you. <laughs> it's not great. Well, that's not, it's not, is she a tad intimidating? She, I mean, she is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm scared. Anyway. I mean, I've been on the pitch with Jodie Boyd Ward. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be on the team against her. But um, but York thirty six four. Who's going to be one of still this year? It's a very good question. I think we need to see how the, the semi finals progress. Um, in other games, St Helens beat Huddersfield sixty eight 0 Amy Taylor's got her first try of the season. I've read, which is amazing because she scored all those points with the boots. Uh, Leeds beat Warrington fifty eight ten, in which Ice Queen Hannah Butcher scored four tries. She was annoyed. After Thus Wembley. Thus overtaking Amy Harcastle scored three. Was she annoyed as well? Or? 
I just think she's difficult to tackle yeah. but, but Hannah gave me the impression that she wanted the ball a lot because she was frustrated for what happened the Kira, week before Kira Bennett back in the team of course as well kicking goals kicking goals um, that's all that happened in the top division isn't it I think yes because only six teams isn't it? so York top eight wins and a draw from their nine games St Helens second six wins two defeats then Leeds and Wigan and Warrington um, Saints Leeds on Sunday not this Sunday Sunday after a repeat of the uh, and Wigan Huddersfield so you'd assume Wigan will beat Huddersfield and uh, then it's just a matter of who wins in Saints and Leeds decides on who gets a home semi-final unless it's like last year when it will be a good luck to London and Cardiff who win the Super League South final this week and who, who won the it was Telford Telford won the uh, Country Super League Midlands, Midlands. Midlands. Women. Women. Yes. Midlands which, which is great that we've got that division and it's the first year and Coventry um, did extremely well to get to the final because I think this was their inaugural year uh, but full full credit to Telford who who claimed the title uh, in Women's Super League 2 Bower beat Bradford 70 points to 4 Cass lost to Fair 58-8 and Lee beat Salford 28-20 that sounds like a good game doesn't it um, and uh, Wales what happened in Wales because if I don't read this email we'll get in trouble because we've said about, about everyone else who's won this weekend South Wales Jets beat the Aberavon Fighting Irish 27-20 in the Welsh Grand Final congratulations to them great we've, name the Aberavon Fighting Irish lots of um, wheelchair rugby league this weekend in Wales as well and, uh, the final game is for I sent him a tweet the other day he's off to New Zealand Stuart Shield Williams. Williams that's it do you reckon he's going to do like a Jack Brown and well, revolutionise wheelchair rugby league in New Zealand I'm hoping he might because I think if we are having the uh, wheelchair world cup in the southern hemisphere and that does involve maybe uh, New Zealand putting in a team I know we've only got eight nations but I'd be surprised if it was exactly the same eight that played in the last world cup um, then it would be nice to think that perhaps one of the hosting nations would have a team mm. Uh, the World Cup looking forward to it um, Kevin Tinfield might be back by that point was it Henley yesterday watching Jack yeah. well you would wouldn't you playing <laughs> for the reserves yeah the, uh, the, does anyone know is there a reserve league table because it's finished now I think so, I think there's a grand final isn't there's it? a grand final <laughs> when's that played before the men's grand final and how is it club. decided is it semi-finals or? but we don't, uh, know, we don't yeah. know the league table so no well the league won't be in it we know that Right, but, uh, probably Salford won't be either. Draw the teams out of a hat. Be Wigan and Leeds. It's always Wigan and Leeds. Um, I think Saints are unbeaten in reserve. And Saints. We can play each other in a three-sided oh, game. Set up a triangle pitch. Robson must have come up with that idea at some point. Next behind the goals. Um, Carson, he's watching in his kitchen. Hello, Carson. I'm going to say in his kit. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing a he's, full kit. He's bought the Puerto Rico kit that Steve Mascord's flogging this week. Puerto Rico? I mean, I'm tempted. It does look very nice, but I can't. Have they ever played the game? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are they part of the European Confederation? I don't think so. Where, where does Central America fit? Are they under I think Asia they're Pacific? Under Asia Pacific. Yeah. South America. Anywhere that's not Europe. Where's Jamaica? Are they, they, they're definitely Europe. They're Europe. Jason Robinson reminds me I saw an article in The Guardian this week um, he's implored the Rugby Football Union to spend more time looking into deprived areas which made me laugh my head off 
because I thought this is the Rugby Football Union who was still peddling the lie that Swing Low Sweet Chariots about Martin O'Fire. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the one. That's the one. Not that I we think, haven't I got don't problems. Know if he knows, Jason, but there is another sport that has an oval ball that does go into deprived areas. Aussie rules. In fact, I'm pretty sure that before the World Cup started, I was at an event with Jason in <laughs> Chapeltown where he was extolling the fact that that was the area of Leeds he was from, that was an incredibly deprived area, that he would have loved a team in the Chapeltown area because he had to go to Hunslow. But did it save him from the, the perils? Of yes, I think, it, I think bad playing for, for Hunslow probably did, yeah. Hunslow Parkside. But uh, he's clearly f- maybe forgotten that meeting. Chris says, uh, Manchester Magic uh, was at the uh, basketball at the Wally Range High School. Was that basketball? I don't know. I don't. I Somewhere that, in Manchester. I think that's where the, the uh, final is, though. Uh, here's Liz. Our profession, and, and James is coming, by the way, isn't he? He's just not, he's, we, don't, we don't like the empty chair like. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Roy Hatterson, which is a reference from 30 years ago. <laughs> Carson's going, yeah. who? We should have put all the caramel <laughs> wafers on the chair. Who? Um, Liz says, are professionals in other sports allowed to criticise decisions made by officials on social media like some rugby league players do? It doesn't look very professional for our game. Why does rugby league allow it? Well, there's a good question. Why do they allow it? Why do they? Well, I... Why I, do? I, Why do? We've, we've been through this before. They shouldn't. And clubs shouldn't. No, they can't be sanctioned for bringing the game into disrepute, as indeed coaches are up before the beak, mm. uh, should those cases ever get heard. In you know, Paul Wellens <laughs> and... Uh, Paul Rowley um, we've, we've said on many an occasion that clubs have a responsibility to sanction their own fans so most of these fans clearly represent a team you know they support that team and, and clubs do have a sanction don't they but the danger of that fine line between what's free speech yeah. and what's speech with responsibility we need some um Look, wheelchair rugby league players for the we do for the pitch. Can, you, can you get wheelchairs? Anyone know if you can get wheelchairs? Some people made us mugs, didn't they? Yes, and we still got the mugs. Yeah. Still got mugs. Mugs. Yes. Yeah, so. We just stopped drinking coffee during the program. <laughs> James doesn't drink coffee. Gary um, would have had twelve by now. Yeah. What's he said in the paper this week? He swore in the paper. Although they cut it out. Yeah. See, if I said that word that he put in the paper, he'd probably get in my column. Uh, in the new forty twenty, which is out now. Hold it up. Hold it up. I'll put the rhinos book in front of you um, not Martin Sandler's column <laughs> Gary Scorpion's column <laughs> I worked with some because it's the anniversary of his uh, career debut 21st of August today 1983 Hall 22 wow. Warrington 22 and a professional debut for one Gary Scorpion I like the fact he would write in his column one Gary Scorpion third person yeah. uh, can it really be 40 years ago to this very day it seems amazing that I've been involved for so long as a player coach, pundit, and of course, League Express columnist. Of course. But he also said, I work with some indifferent players and coaches, and excuse the language, some right bastards, and then they've starred out bastards, so you don't know what it is, it could be anything. So, he's put, excuse the language, and then they've censored him. They've censored Gary Schofield and he's oh, gone. You can't do that. You can't say that. I mean, it's, oh, come on. Um, also in Scoey's column, uh, tributes to Sir Michael Parkinson. Yes. Died age 88. You may not, he's from Barnsley. Could have. Sky, uh, Sky News don't know Dickie Bird at all because they sent a push notification out on their phone saying Dickie Bird pays emotional tribute. He cries all the time. <laughs> Have you never seen Dickie Bird? <laughs> uh, I mean, in fact, it's easy as he's made. But he was they were close, very close. The RFL has commented on the high regarding which Parky held our sport. They showed a picture of him with John Joyner and the Regal Trophy. 
and how we like to attend big matches. Well, don't we all? Especially when it's free. And you get lunch. <laughs> bit, of, bit of hospitality, yeah. I recall seeing him at Challenge Cup Finals, and what a shame that we can't attract as many guests of that higher calibre these days. And the irony is, of course, if you go sit in Club Wembley these days, you get free Parker Penn, which Parky obviously was a big fan of. So who would, who would you like to see invited to the big games? Who are we going to invite? Fred must know some people. Yeah, I have to yeah. say that um, we'll probably do we'll do something about Michael Parkinson in the next magazine. But I found a quote um, where he says he wished he'd found rugby league earlier because whilst his main passion was cricket, once he got to know not just the sport of rugby league but what it stood for and the people that um, that were involved in it, particularly the players. I mean, he had absolutely nothing but admiration. And and I gather he used to go for dinner once a year with Maurice Lindsay. I think Brian <laughs> Carney might have been there as well. Oh. And maybe Phil Clark. Um, but he, he was always invited out for dinner with Maurice once a year so they could chat about what Michael Parkinson's view of rugby league was and uh, the image of it. And, and, and 1995, when it celebrated its centenary, um, he did quite a lot of stuff. He, he used to have a column, um, was it in The Guardian? Uh, might have been the observer as well but he did talk about centenary of rugby league and uh, vice president of Wakefield for 10 uh, years yes, as well yes with uh, Richard Harris and Richard Harris's coat and yeah I, I do think celebrity endorsement is yeah. very important I do think somebody like him it, it, it goes alongside who do you invite to Wembley the NRL are going through this with Las Vegas they've now announced that they're starting their season next year in Las Vegas with yeah. uh, a double header of games and how are they going to build it up? How are they going to get rugby league to the American public that doesn't really know what rugby league is? And they've decided, again, it has to be celebrity endorsement. So clearly, Russell Crowe's going front and centre as South are one of the teams that are playing. I think Hugh Jackman's Manly are also playing. He'll, he'll be involved. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, we do need um, people who say, I'm looking forward to going to rugby league. What was the rap artist who get in Wushtol Kara? Oh, Sean Paul. I think I think he was passed it about ten years ago, but well, probably. But again, you know, it's, you know, people have heard of him. Yeah, pe- people who are you don't associate with the sport who can who can give it a ringing endorsement. We we need to. I we need IMG to uh, pull a few stops out. Lee Westwood should have been there, and uh, he, he plays for the evil golfer now. Does he, he plays for the Saudi golfer? I thought it was all one now. Well, it's going to be, isn't it? Saudi Arabia playing a couple of friendlies at Newcastle United who have no uh, influence from Saudi Arabia whatsoever as they've told the Premier League they're playing South Korea now if they were playing North Korea oh. I'd been straight up there yeah. because you know human rights and differences no. yeah. five are a ticket so when we really? talk about underselling our internationals not that I'm sure there's a big Saudi Arabian fan base in Newcastle but you thought pounds. they could afford more than a fiver yeah. as well. You'll see Saudi Arabia versus South Korea and the players. Well. Well, well, you said you're going to watch Huddersfield and Leeds or something. Well, there you go. But, oh, I think I'd, I'd rather watch Saudi Arabia. I think that offer may have ended about an hour oh. ago, but it's still cheap. With no disrespect to Huddersfield and Leeds, I'd rather go watch Saudi Arabia versus South Korea. I think you've been with every disrespect. I, know. Uh, I can't believe. Obviously, censored in League Express, but in two columns in this magazine, because Louis McCarthy Scarsburg has used that word, as pointed out by celebrity columnist Ian Boldsworth, and I've used it as well, but I've used it in the correct. Um, I think context is everything, context, isn't yeah. it? Radio Yorkshire, the broadcasting bastard child of Ken Bates housing from Leeds United, which of course was, um, they had Yorkshire Radio, which was n- n- legally nothing to do with Radio Yorkshire, because there was a court case about that. Um, I can't believe Louis would have used the word bastard. I know, it's shocking, isn't it? Uh, so Ian's going to use it next month now. So, excellent, uh, see excellent. how he does that. Carson, uh, he's trying to control his jersey addiction, thanks to uh, <laughs> Mr. Mascord. <laughs> Puerto Rico. It looks a nice shirt. I'm sure it, it is. is. I'm sure it, it is. Nice. Do you want to set up a team? 
Do you know what I, mean? I thought I'm behind Guatemala. Pyongyang. <laughs> If, if the Pyongyang people, he never reads Michael. Well, I won't read it either. But you know, um, Roy Keane is a silent fan, say Chris. Do you fancy telling him to promote rugby league more, Phil? We can just get him at the game yeah. and show him on the camera. Absolutely, That's all you have to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Martin O'Neill is that, that genuinely. Um, we may have told this story before, but there was one winter where uh, Bradford were having difficulty finding facilities for pre-season training because um, everywhere was frozen mm-hmm. off. Um, and Brian Noble took the team down to Aston Villa's complex when Martin O'Neill was the manager because O'Neill said that every Friday night when he had his team in a hotel before a game he insisted that they all watch Super League because that was a proper sport with real people and great. Is that in the days when it wasn't soft? Uh, yeah. uh, and he, he struck up this friendship with Brian Noble and the, I think at the time because obviously the Bulls were the preeminent team he, he wanted to bring him in and to talk to Aston Villa and offer them the facilities and Martin O'Neill is a, is a big big fan of rugby league and again speaks fantastically about sport generally so yeah can you imagine him and Roy Keane getting yeah. back together to, to have a a Gary Neville show in the cinema talking about their love of rugby league. So basically, we want good celebrities, not rubbish ones, and we will be the judges of who is good and who is rubbish because you know it's it's our program. So uh, well, it won't be anybody in the modern era because I have no idea who any of these celebrities. Celebrity Gogglebox. We need to get rugby no, league on, on that because I'm sure that our two them. friends in Hull yeah. will be big fans of rugby. Jim McDonald. There's two girls in Leeds. Week. I'm sure they must have heard of rugby league. Um, Ian, is there any like rugby league ghost? Spooky activity we could exploit. There must be some ghost somewhere. Apart from, you know, is, is, he, is Ian in the Barton Pickles Bowls tournament? <laughs> he's, he's, he's listening because it seems that um, Jim Charles here. He's walking in now. Look, right, Howard. Right. That's, that's a he's, he's not a, celeb- he's not a celebrity. <laughs> with one of the Brian, Brian, Barwick, Brian Barwick's black book. Try saying that quick. I couldn't just like Sir Rodney Walker's yeah oh. never saw it <laughs> the Sir Rodney Walker I was thinking Sir Rodney Walker Sir Rodney Walker I've got some of these looking. companies that I'm part of they'll sponsor something he's doing well in basketball isn't he is he but as the, is it closed down yeah? uh, Andrew says England football boss Gareth Southgate it has to be pointed out that's uh, what, uh, the men's team he is loves his rugby league he does he's, he's uh, loves in Harrogate does Serena Vigman that's the big question do, does Millie, Millie Bright does she like rugby league well Georgia Stanway does she does she go, going out yeah. with Ollie Ashelbott um, Mary Earps we definitely need to get her involved she's great she's a, is she Manchester United yeah so you know we have yeah. the grand final yeah. at Trafford get Mary Earps get to present the trophy famous enough right now jump on like the politician we referenced earlier jump on the bandwagon uh, Andy says Stuart Pearce yes yes he's massive um, in fact he should be the next coach of Warrington to be uh, oh, Chris says if we can keep Johnny Vegas away from the sport, that might help. Just joking. Oh, Ian, I'll have something to say about. He says Warrington have a ghost of a trophy. Oh, Ryan Giggs usually gets. Well, mentioned, it? mentioned. Probably, probably I'm not, not sure what? at the moment. Again, we'll probably be, not. He'll be anywhere. Probably will. We're uh, really probably in a similar category. He loves, oh, he's, he loves his rugby. He's, he's in America. Yeah. Big league. Right Maybe he could go to the Las Vegas game. Mm-hmm. He's in America. Get I mean, him. I know America's big, so I know it's not like going you know down the road, but. That's going to be a complete. They're not going to crack America. No. Probably he's not going to crack America. Ah, that's different. 
the NRL <laughs> might. The NRL might get an audience and get some merchandising on the back of oh, it. Merchandise. And you're only playing if you're only playing maybe one event a year. It's a bit like the NFL coming to Wembley. Yeah. You'd have to say that has been a success for the NFL. They're not looking to put a team in London. They're not looking for every town and village in England to be playing American football. Although clearly, I think participation has gone up on the back of it. But what they have got is a globally recognised event played in London once a year that sells out the stadium and I reckon the the NRL could do that in America um, because the we, the one thing we do know is the product will be good the, there are mm. very few NRL games particularly at the beginning of the season that are blowouts they're amazing athletes the Americans will not believe the skill level I mean we were all crying yesterday with the ability of Nene McDonald to get their <laughs> flick pass out to James Bentley I think you know. mean at the end of the Challenge Cup final when, when he's lost oh, no. but you know we, we were, I was going to say we were almost changing our underwear at the excitement of it but that happens you know in so many games particularly in the NRL that if they start showing that to an American public that they will enjoy it but isn't one of the arguments suggested that it's to do with trying to get them into gambling yeah it's the betting market but in Las Vegas because of the time um, difference it being in the middle of the night I think in the US when the NRL normally is played yeah. in Australia doesn't yeah. doesn't match yes. particularly well with that yeah which again you know if there is a betting market you may as well be part of it mm. but yes it is that's that's the reason they're going but I do think when you say crack it no, I don't think it's going to help the domestic scene in America and I don't necessarily think that's going to mean America men or women at any um, you know well we don't want them at the World Cups we have too many blowouts in World Cups we don't want them but I do think it can be a success for rugby league in the same way that however we re-evaluate um, Toronto Wolfpack it was a limited success because it got 10,000 people into a ground watching a sport they were unfamiliar with they won Against they Atlanta, did. they've won. That's two on the trot. Two in a row now. It's, are they in a, a league or anything? Or are they just playing games? It's like rugby union in the olden days. They're just playing a series <laughs> friendly fixtures. Series yeah. of friendlies. There's going to be a merit table or something. Um, James, how are you? Good. Good. Sorry, I'm late. That's okay. It's all right. We can start talking about the matches. It's, it's like it's like Sky. Is it? No games kick off on time. No <laughs> games kick off. Even games that aren't on Sky don't kick no. off on time. Games on our league didn't kick off on time yesterday. But we, we, we've been through that before. Oh, that's the thing I wanted to mention, was it? I, I won't mention the player because I wasn't watching the game, but Lee Catalans was on. I assume there were some refereeing decisions which wouldn't have been given in the olden days when people were allowed to you know, take each other's heads off or whatever. And an ex-player tweets, the game's gone soft. And I thought, if you dare sue the sport now, <laughs> you can't sue, you can't be in... Yeah, there were a couple of uh, Simbins in that game for late challenges on passes. Um, yes, John asked it out it became a protected species for the afternoon. <laughs> well, it led to a sim being in the Challenge Cup final with Johnny, John Asseyata, didn't it? So, you know, I think clubs, when they're playing, like, you have to be careful about, I think, how they go about that because <laughs> yeah. they're, they're in danger of putting, you know, shooting themselves in the foot, really. Um, but I, I didn't have a major issue with, with the sim bins. Um, players know. They run the risk if <laughs> if they're making late challenges, they're not attempting to wrap and take them out to floor. They run the risk of being simbin. You're always going to get, you know, a debate as to whether it's just a penalty or a simbin or any less or more. But 
as you saw in the game on Friday, Wakefield Castleford, there was a number of penalties in that for both sides for for the same offence. Yeah, they weren't simbins on that game. But what, what happens to a referee when a player stays down? Because again, it's almost asking you to look at that incident, <laughs> and there are some of them where it's either simultaneous because you know players are taught to try and crowd a kicker and not give them space. It's also once you are committed, there's always going to be a minuscule time lag between you making the attempt and the player having got the ball mm. away. Um, but I've, did you find that players were staying down longer? Not, I'm not saying they're milking a penalty, but they've clearly been told that if they feel contact after they've got the ball away, just to check themselves and make sure they're all right. It's a tricky one. If you listen live to the uh, referee's audio, you'll probably hear them say something as soon as the collision occurs, because usually if it's on a passer or even on a kicker, the ball's still live. Mm-hmm. So the game is carrying on and the referee won't blow his whistle and because he's in a potential playing advantage. So he'll probably call something immediately like, I've got that, I've seen it, or whatever, I've got a penalty for that, that's late, or something. He'll make reference to his touch judges that it's been seen, and he's going to come back to it. So he's almost making a decision immediately, even though people around watching the game or in the stand don't realise he's made that decision. So the fact that somebody may stay down as a result actually doesn't really change matters. It's not that the referee then comes back and only gives a penalty because the player stayed down. If he's going to give a penalty and there's a man on the floor, the chances are at that point he'll stop the game anyway. And, and it, if it's on TV, it'll be reviewed. So it doesn't really make a difference. The video referee will, will, will judge on how late it is, whether there was an attempt to tackle, was it a shoulder charge, was there any contact with the head? If there's no contact with the head, did it cause whiplash? You know, the level of force. Look at all those indicators. Uh, and I think where players are not. Uh, I can't remember the, uh, the the phrase was tagging that we used to use where where ball carriers are just being tagged by a defender so they're just being hit as opposed to being tackled if a defender goes in and wraps and takes the floor he probably gets benefit of doubt yeah and you saw that in challenge final with the challenge with by Minicella on the kicker he makes no attempt to wrap him and he has an obligation to either wrap and take the floor or charge down and he doesn't really do either um, and where players are not doing that the referee will make a judgment as to you know whether they feel that contact was was inevitable and therefore probably play on or whether it was late and it could be marginally late or severely late and the later it is the more chances probably going to be uh, you know a card produced and yeah you you are talking fractions of seconds don't get me wrong um but i think i think gut instinct and and seeing seeing a lot of them regularly you get a feel for whether something's late or not talking of whiplash tackle of the season yeah incredible Paul Seguier <laughs> on Lachlan Lamb yeah so it can be done a legitimate uh, tackle can be made did you think Lamb should have gone off for an HIA uh, I can't recall he didn't stay down did he no but the more you look at it and clearly when you keep seeing it in slow motion it's an even more you will uh, see some head rock was it I thought, you know, the whiplash effect yeah. of that tackle. I, think I didn't see his head necessarily kick the, uh, hit the ground, but I just thought, he knows he's just been run over by a bus. <laughs> <laughs> and if we've got a duty of care, at what point then does a doctor on the sideline say, just pull him off for 15 minutes, let's have a look at him? Yes, and I'm not saying he, he, he wasn't as effective after that tackle. You wouldn't expect him no. to be. It was an astonishing tackle. And clearly he had some fatigue in his legs post-Wembley. But he wasn't the same after that tackle. I, I just wondered, 
you know, whether perhaps he should have been withdrawn. Well, there's probably a couple of things on that. I don't know if people realise that, that there is, irrespective of whether it's on TV or not, every every game in Super League has a, a medical review system, video review system yeah. in the tunnel that is accessible by the doctors and they can go back on the footage and, and review contact and make a decision from there as to whether they, they take a player off, as well as obviously physio probably on the field having a conversation yeah. with the player making a live assessment of them and, and all that but are there any signs of yeah. anything which they clear, I, they didn't look like no. they were and I, and I think but I just thought wow if that had happened to yeah. anyone else if it happened to me I'd have probably at, gone off <laughs> I'd have just cried for three weeks yeah. no I think and the other the other factor probably is that it was front on so where you see collisions that are front on that may cause whiplash the effect of it is, is usually not as severe as mm. as in the back because when you're in, when you when you're front on, you're almost brace yourself for contact. Yeah. Whereas when it's in your back and you're not anticipating the contact, you are really vulnerable. And that's where that's where HIAs have come about, where there's been no contact with the head, but the whiplash has created. You and know, it was a magnificently effect. executed tackle. It Tremendous. Really was. But it shows that you know when people sort of say, "Oh, we'll bring the shoulder charge back and stuff," and it shows that you don't have to have the shoulder charge. You can make a strong tackle. And you don't have to make contact with the head. And it also shows the game isn't going soft. No, it doesn't because have to be. For mere mortals that watch that, we all winced, I think. If you didn't, then you may have... They ought to be a award for Tackle of the Year, shouldn't that they? That was fantastic. Yeah. What, yeah. what timing. Is that like who comes up with the Team of the Week? Just have a bit of <laughs> tackle of the... Tackle of the... Tackle, why isn't it a Tackle of the Season? Big hit. There's a big. There's a big hit award, isn't there? Yeah, but but I think that's for the most cumulative it number is, of yeah. tackles, not for the one individual. Yeah. Like the Danny Houghton award. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. Danny Houghton Tackle of the Year award yeah. goes this year to Danny Houghton. Um, Kevin says hello. Hello, Kevin. He won't be happy because Warrington lost again. Right. Come on, Very unlucky. Um, Chris has mentioned Jackson with Jaguars moving from to London. It'd be, if their owners could put some money into Super League, that'd be great because they're rich. Um, I, I think that is the other thing about going to Las Vegas and clearly we'll know a bit more when it happens or there's some more announcements we now know the date and we know the teams that are going and, and so we, we know some of the celebrities that are going to endorse it but I think that again if, pe- if people see the game you are talking about potential in, you know, future investment and that might even have a spin off over here because people will look at well where's rugby league played how can I get involved You know, Saudi Arabians are buying teams in the was it the championship and, and league one in football because they need to get into football um, so there's nothing to say that you know somebody won't some some major entrepreneur won't see rugby league and go I would like a piece of that and at my level of investment I'll buy a super league team or whatever it might so yeah I, I think again it has that residual value as well Tony Khan come and buy a super league team uh, come buy the London Broncos or London Scholars who aren't playing on Wednesday against Rochdale so scratch that off you fixed list because that game has been well postponed's not the word it can't be postponed no it can't be replayed because it's the end of the yeah. season so so when she, Rochdale Awarded, have announced think. that their game against London Scholars on Wednesday has been not forfeited they can't fulfil it so one assumes it will be forfeited and they'll get the is it 48 nil still in the rules which judging by the League One table shouldn't make any difference because you would expect Rochdale to win on Sunday at Cornwall and also North Wales to win at home to London on Sunday as well uh, back to Warrington welcome to the Warrington section of the programme <laughs> we're not is... doing Wakefield no we'll do them later do you want to do Wakefield now get them out of the way <laughs> I love the build up to the game um, this is the biggest game that's ever been so big I couldn't get in couldn't get into the ground although at least I didn't get turned away at the gate <clears throat> but 
Um, Wakefield lost 12 points to 28 against a spirited Castleford Tigers, who should have put Danny Ward in charge, obviously, months ago. Uh, obviously, and, and signed Blake Austin as well, because he's the greatest signing in the history of Super League. Um, but what, what a game, what, what a week for Joe Westerman. Friday night, play of the match in the game, and gets interviewed by Jenner on the telly. Monday's in the Super League team of the week. How they come up with the team of the week, we don't know. If anyone knows, if anyone from Super League's watching, let us know, please. So you just do it to get social media hits from clubs and you get as many in as possible. So I reckon that's how they do these teams. And Saturday is in the Daily Mail and the Daily Star, Joe Westerman. He's the biggest that's celebrity I, in the world. That's what IMG want. Yeah. It'll be on I'm a Celebrity before we know it. I mean, I know. I, I mean, I, I used a bad word earlier. Um, well, it's not that bad a word. But I don't think I'd read out the headline in the Daily Star. Um, and the one in the Daily Mail is really, look how long that headline is. Did they not go to journalism school? I mean, I didn't really do, but, uh, you know, Joe Weston, he's in, he's in the papers. So well, well done, Joe. They're uh, getting some much needed publicity for rugby league. Well done, well done to you. Um, is he says, completely trying to ignore the fact that Wakefield, we're not very good for you, were there, they let you in. Well, they're meeting, they let you in, Phil. And uh, I was on the telly, Wakefield worked very good. Well, apart from Max Joe, he's good, but, you know. There were two things that struck me. One is that Castleford immediately had more cohesion about them. So whatever Danny Ward has done, um, yes, they've got a couple of new faces and and certainly Tassipali played well, the the Lebanese back rower. Um, Liam Horne as well got, I think, good reviews um, because his stats were excellent. But it was more that they looked like they knew what they were doing. Um, And their (laughs) goal line defence was a lot better than it has been this year. By comparison... Um, Wakefield's kicking game was really poor they didn't put any pressure on concertedly um, which I found it really strange that Will Dagger wasn't on the bench because mm. uh, I think he's been playing his best rugby over the last few weeks and he, he's got the ability to fill in in a number of positions and change a game I, I think you're right Jowett starts because he's he's an excellent player um, and I've played and Dagger alongside Gale rather than, but I'm well, not the coach either, so. I just think you know the Gale-Lino axis didn't work uh, but they couldn't really change it whereas I think having Will Dagger on the bench could have changed that um, but the worry I think for Wakefield is that they seem to get to a point where they face a big game and it's the big game that lets them down so it's not that the you know three or four home games before they've, they've, they've got wins that weren't expected they're now suddenly put in a, in a big game this current Wakefield team, not, not well, the ones is, but, that have won but in two, is, 2006. Is, but this but is a mentality that goes back to those days because Wakefield would, they'll beat a Leeds or they'll beat a Warrington who they're not expected to win, but then they'll come up against Huddersfield the other week, Castleford this week. And I say the, the concern is not within the squad, there's a bit of cockiness about them now. And then the fans are going, no, oh, we're going to win this. I, just think I thought we were going to win. They maybe have a group, a group of players that when it comes to those games that they need to win, there's something missing. Hmm. Now, I don't know what that is, um, other than the fact that it might be something to do with the players that they've got, because clearly they fish in a certain pool. But the worry would now be, where are they going to find a significant win at the end of the season if they haven't got that mentality, which is nothing to do with the coach, he can only work with what he's got. Um, whereas, I th- you know, if Castleford have got that degree of confidence now, although they've got a harder running, they could jag another win. And Runs then, on the board, isn't it? That's it. And yeah. then suddenly, there's even more pressure on Wakefield to. They'll go into a game where somebody will say they've got to win this, and my worry would be, I don't know if they've got the cojones to win the games that really <laughs> matter. From what I saw on Friday, I mean, I don't know whether we. I think we talked about last week about 
are they the favourites? And Can't I think you were sort of suggesting that probably oh. they were, but I, I suggested they probably were the favourites because they were at home. And does that bring a level of expectation and mm. pressure? And maybe they didn't respond too well to that. I think you made an interesting point though about team selection. But now having lost that, they're now not. <laughs> yeah, they now all don't the have that. Gone. Yeah, gone. all that. Yeah, they yeah. don't have that pressure. That yeah. pressure and expectation shifts to Castleford to some degree. But yeah. clearly, they've got two points to their advantage. I, thought, I was trying to find their run-ins, the respective run-ins. Then when I was speaking, well, um, and they both look very difficult. Castleford, I think, have got the more difficult fixtures. Wakefield have got more home games. Yeah, which is where they've clearly won um, all of their points so far. Um, Castleford will be pleased that they play Leeds the last week of the season because that's almost a given two points <laughs> yeah but Leeds might be, in the play- might be playing for the playoffs at that point. just like the game last year and end exactly up at Old Trafford again yeah we could all see it this year I don't think when I, you know, was look- when I was looking at the respective fixtures I-, I couldn't really see many winnable games though oh, here we are yeah so Wakefield have got Salford away next week and then they're at home against St Helens, Catalan. Well, and Hulk, they're not easy it? games. I'd appreciate yeah. their home games, but I mean, you're talking about possibly one and two in the league. Yeah. Uh, who are you know will be chasing hard or, or for the league leaders, and then they've got Lee away. Well, that's not an easy fixture, and they finish with Wakefield at home. Uh, sorry, Wakefield at home against Hull KR. So, when you look at those, you're probably looking at Salford away. The away form is, is terrible. Absolutely, absolutely, and and then they play whole care at the end of the season. And given given the race for that top six, could probably go down to the wire. Whole care could be looking for a win to to, mm. to you know finishing that six. So uh, it's a very difficult run. And then when you look at Castleford, they're at home against St Helens this week, which um, again will be an interesting test of how far that game mm. has has bred into them the ability to stick together. Because mm. it's a very different test this week. They're, they're playing playing against a team that will come at them for the full eighty minutes, which Wakefield didn't do. They didn't exert enough pressure. Mm. But Greg Eden's two tries just before half time summed up the difference between the yeah. two teams. I think they then play Warrington away, which which you know if you look at Warrington, down, Warrington are improving and mm. should should have won this week. But another game in between, they may have improved again. Who knows? And then they play a Hull at home, uh, Wigan away. And they play Leeds away, so that's a banker. The last game of the season yeah, is a banker, isn't it? Point, <laughs> isn't it? <That's> guaranteed. <laughs> You'd have to say, based on the running, that, that Castleford is slack, potentially slightly easier. But I, I don't know. I it's think week by week, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think the problem for Wakefield is purely a psychological one. That mm. they may come to a point where it might be the last round of games where Wakefield need to win and and, and Cast need to lose, and Wakefield will survive and. I know that um, obviously the the last game of the season when London got relegated, Wakefield did enough to beat yeah. them. Um, but that was London over exceeding all year to the point where they were they, they'd almost had nothing else left to give. Um, but I I would just worry that if Wakefield had to get a result in the in the last two rounds, say, that's where the, it, it might prove to be too much. And on what we saw on Friday, I, I thought they were really disappointed on Friday. Had they mm. lost by a point, put up a great show, or had they had a you know controversial try ruled out, or it's just amazing how many but times the defence wasn't. Well, they really did have a try ruled out, didn't they, for offside? Yeah, and, which one of those that irks me um, because it doesn't was, irk journalists though because they could fill a million stories with well, TV pundit slams. Steve, Steve rules. We've got yeah. to change the rules. Just it's just you know. 
we've had that we've had the application or the interpretation of that law it's an interpretation it's not the law it's we've had that interpret interpretation for as long as i can really remember mm. um and so the onus has to go back on the players they know they know what they're they're doing and so just don't stray within the 10 they, or they if you start they. if you realize you're within 10 back off and start moving away and that's the way you can get around it but well, they, they certainly know if they're in front of the kicker yeah and, and gail did it as well he got penalized for offside I think later in the game, um, when I think Castleford knocked on, they would have had a great opportunity to attack again. So that's that's discipline mm. for me. It's not, yeah, okay, we could change the law and we could make it back about interpretation, which is what they do in the NRL. One of the arguments about the Super League is that you only have two games on TV. So that decision went up as a try, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So on a non TV game, that would have been given incorrectly, by the way. But that's what makes it even more difficult. Because someone's having to judge at the moment whether somebody's within 10 in live play. Mm -hmm. To then judge, are they within 10 and are they affecting play, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a, a decision that's open to interpretation. And the more decisions that you have open to interpretation, the more potential inconsistencies you will get. If it is black and white, you can, you can say whether you like it or you don't, but it makes it an easy decision, in a way, for a match official. Yeah, Interesting that the R-League game that was charged for yesterday afternoon had a video referee mm. and I th believe that Holland Salford games that have been on our league have also mm. had a video referee that is the road we're going down yeah so every game was the video referee used yeah, it was yes a, yeah okay yeah. Why the, when do they choose what games are going to be on our league because I know they announce them well, late but, I, but I how fine about they know in terms of well I think this is a trial this year mm. so whether, it's not necessarily a cash generator Although clearly you would hope that maybe it did, um, you know, covers the costs at least of the broadcast. But I think we're, we're trialling a system whereby the production quality is good enough because there's enough camera angles there, and the video referee can then feed into that and say, "Show me three or four different angles of a, so of a try." When we had and the, every game will have that next year. The famous helicopter, the Blake Solly <laughs> helicopter. Uh, Wigan were playing somebody else, weren't they? And, and yeah, Wigan were at home and. But they, they didn't have, they wouldn't have had the video referee at their game, but Leeds, Huddersfield, or Huddersfield Leeds did, didn't yeah. it? And when there was the, the three way, four way relegation thing you referred to earlier, there was only video referee, was it, was it Wayfield London on Wayfield the telly? London was on the telly, yeah. I mean, I was there, I, I can't remember if it was on telly or not. So when it comes down to the final round of the season, and it's still down to Wakefield versus Hulkar at Bellevue, or whatever it's called these days, uh, Big World Sports Stadium, and Castleford at Leeds. But only ones on TV. Shouldn't the other one be with video referee? Because now we can we've proven maybe, maybe we've proven we can do maybe this. Both will be on TV, but um, they may not even be played at the same time. And that's a whole other debate. That is a debate that needs to. Well, be that's not that. <laughs> if we do, if they're not played at the same so time, we might as well just give up. Aren't we? You know, well, we've had it before, though, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Well, I remember Wigan winning the league on a couple of occasions in the nineties, where they were the last team to play on a weekend. Um, Mm. And that, they were playing seven fixtures in a week, but they they sort of knew what they had to do by the time they went on the field. Now the concept's proven it works. Sort of non -televised it's purely game. whether the well, broadcasting company who's doing it have the ability to cover more than one game at the moment simultaneously. We will know this will go down if it went down to two. It will go down to two clubs. If you were the chief executive of Wakefield or Castleford and your game wasn't on TV and the other one was and you had a contentious decision at your game which hadn't got a video referee out you weren't very happy would you well it, I don't know where I mean, people argue this but Wakefield would have had a try there though wouldn't they 
So we don't want. So without, we without, the, without the video hang on, referee, hang on, we go back to Rod Studd's yeah, no video referee. Yeah, without <laughs> the video referee, they've had to try that. We, we, we make the video referees. We so, don't save some money at the RFL. So that's, this is yeah, the, you can't the always policies. you can't always say whether something no, would be no, would be given no, or, or wouldn't be. It's just the way it is. I just think it's it's interesting that this trialling of our league as evidenced yesterday afternoon does have the ability to go to a video referee and and was used. It has to come back to, uh, as it always does, money though, doesn't it? I mean, yes. how, how many people are going to pay six ninety five or whatever it is in advance or, well, I think or if ten pound got on the day? Every game over a weekend, you are talking about a digital season ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you do that, it's different. Yeah. I have to say, one of the most controversial things in that game, which most people would have picked up on, was that Chris Kendall was wearing white boots. Was he disgraceful? White boots have been think white boots have been banned. Are they banned since about 2015, 2016? This is like on was the dark fashion statement. <laughs> Apparently, they were sponsored boots. So there's there's no better way to get right. sponsored boots well, noticed than wearing. You've just given them the. I haven't, I haven't said who. I haven't said what who the sponsor was. Unless they want to come and sponsor us. <laughs> the Super League players who beg for boots on Twitter <laughs> and the rest are getting what's going. What is going on? It must it must be the new range of boots that. Um, I'm, I'm o- sure. Is it Oxen are doing or? Oh, I couldn't possibly say. No, I'm going to have pictures of Chris Kendall looking like he's going to steal our mobile phones. <laughs> they'll, have to, they'll have to compete with Tunnox as to who's sponsoring the um, podcast. The um, and I'm sure someone from the darts will confirm this to us. James Wade got in trouble for wearing, I think it was grey or brown trousers on stage. Made even funnier by the fact that Peter Wright just wears any old crap he can find these days. So uh, we'll get fined for that. We're going to get banned. Some people would like to see Chris Kendall banned. Can I get banned for? No, they were sponsored. Oh. They were because they were sponsored. So they were provided. Oh. They were provided. You see, so they were they were legitimized. But yeah, sorry, for only you would have. I was horrified that. when sorry. I turned the yeah. TV on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. You were so as, as the Wakefield fan in the room, what was yeah. your impression of your? Wasn't very team? good, was it? <laughs> Wasn't very good. As, as Kevin points out, Josh Griffin kicking on the second tackle when two oh. tries behind when ten minutes ago. Why I don't know. Yeah, and yet he'd had a good game. Yeah. But that that again is discipline, isn't it? Then you get in pressure. It's panic. It's just panic. Yeah, there's, panic. there's that strange moment where did Castleford spill a kick? Tom Liner puts the ball down, but because he put the ball down, it's a twenty meter dropout. If he'd have let, let it go dead, if he would have got the a dropout themselves, so. Mm. But fine margins <laughs> didn't determine but that game. No, it was because Wakefield's Wakefield were heavily to, beaten. To, concert, to put concerted pressure on the Castleford line. Amazing how many times we kick ourselves in the foot when we're in big games, as mentioned, and on TV after a run of I just think the kicking game was poor. What was the atmosphere like, by the way? Because um, I appreciate one side of the game was empty. So. It's hard to say because <laughs> the media are behind the post. And we've got a very low level yeah. to watch the game. And at the side of us were the 500 Castleford fans, which... Meant that they sounded louder than the yeah. Wakefield fans because that's who you were literally almost stood amongst. I mean, those people in front of you weren't making But there was noise. a debate saying oh. that clearly the demand there was for more than 4,000 people. Yeah. Um, should that game have been taken to Barnsley or. You're never going to consider it. Michael Parkinson tribute, take it to Barnsley. Well, no, I'm just saying, would. would yeah, Wakefield would want the home mm. advantage, but at the same time, would they have benefited from double the amount of crowd being able to go at a different venue? I don't know. That's Mr. Carter. Who was um, who was scanning people's tickets? I didn't enjoy the bit where they showed him at near the end of the game, and he, he disappeared off, and all he could see is Darren, who works in the shop and does everything else at the club, <laughs> just in the back, just looking like he was in charge, which he probably is. In fairness, um, I mean, I don't know what's happening with the takeover of Wakefield, but I suspect whoever is taking over might want to know before he agrees the fee he's going to pay if they're going to be in Super League or the Championship. 
what's, what's all these clubs tweeting about? We need to get more fans in for our IMG points. Featherstone were tweeting about that earlier. What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, James on this game says, which of Castle Wakefield do you think the championship clubs will want to have in the championship? Which of them will take more fans to away games? Well, they should be getting their own fans in for a start, and the answer to that is probably Castlefield. It doesn't matter because the likelihood is if we go with form in the championship table, <laughs> Featherstone will be replacing them, and, and whether it's Castleford or Wakefield, it is almost a like for like replacement. I still think there's something to be played out in that division well, in the uh, in the playoff for who gets promoted. Yeah, I don't think it's a given. As, uh, and I think Featherstone realised it's not a given, yeah. which is why they've changed their. Yeah. They need some stability there for mm. how they approach the running. As Bill Arthur said, slightly changing the narrative towards the end of the game. It's not over yet. But that section of the programme is now cut that out as a video, and that's a great point for me to end it out. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Let's see, I don't know how this stuff falls apart. Um, here's a question about Warrington from Chris, and this will lead into Leeds Rhinos 24, Warrington 22, which you may have watched in our league, or you may have watched in person, because 15,166 people put them through this. Which is a great crowd when you consider neither team has got form on the ball. It did look good crowd, and you know, and the one of the arguments about this our league is that is that going to you know deter people from going well. No, no. I think in the future, are they announcing games so it doesn't stop people going, or are they just announcing late because they don't know what they're doing? That would be <laughs> that would be my question. I know that that sounds like it's, it's an either or, I th- but I think it's, they do it's, it's somewhere in the middle. And I, I think there might be some judicious timing of, about when they announce it, just to make sure that yeah. there are people still going to go. But th- there was a very healthy. Um, so like a, a collection of Warrington fans behind the post. I mean, they took plenty to Wakefield the other week, and you know that, and that's when they're in. And well, I think they, they, they wanted to go to see if the Sam Burgess effect had mm. made any difference. James asked Chris because you're in, in charge of this thing. Any changes likely in future to review forward passes of tries? Whiten have suffered missed calls against Saints and Leeds in recent losses, asking for a friend, winking smiley. Why are unlucky against Leeds? Definitely a forward pass from Caesar, says Kevin. Uh, and Carson adds, and that Duffy was playing didn't help you too. Oh, Carsten. It's insane, says Ian, that they won't video referee on forward passes. There's literally lines on the pitch to accurately check it. <laughs> That's the whole point. That doesn't tell you anything. Well, the lines that. on the pitch don't tell you anything. Um, you know, go on, and we've talked about this before, go on YouTube and put in forward passes, and there's a great video. Unfortunately, it's by Rugby Union. I think it's the IRB. Um, but there's a great video on there that shows uh, it talks about momentum Steve off, if you throw Steve off a train and he, <laughs> that, there that isn't one. such thing as a momentum rule as such but momentum <laughs> exists in, 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 in science in science it exists in the world um, but um, you can basically pass on a line pass the ball backwards and it will travel forwards of that line and be received in front of that line so lines are really irrelevant on a pitch um, it's all about whether the ball comes out of the hands backwards or forwards and that, that's the crux of the decision and the NRL in the past have reviewed forward passes um, and they determined it wasn't working so they stopped doing it it's also about the camera angle yeah because again to it's determine not with, a, with a, a camera if a pass has gone forward the camera has to be almost on the passer yeah. But if it's behind it or above it or to the side of it, you cannot definitively say and that's that a ball has yeah, gone forward. Agree, and that's the same for the match officials. That ideally, the match officials need to be banging line. Now, on that one, Ben is ahead of the pass, and the touch judges are probably slightly behind the pass. I suspect. So, no one, I, I guess, 
I haven't looked at I've only seen it on Twitter or whatever I'm guessing there's probably no one absolutely bang in line with that pass you have to make a judgement call and it looks maybe slightly forward if I'm if I'm being honest but that's based on that one camera angle mm-hmm. and as we've seen before on Sky you can watch the same try from different angles and you think oh, doesn't yeah maybe maybe not you always love that third replay on the on the big screen where it shows it was falling and everyone goes yeah. I'd also say that what Warrington should be looking at um, is why they allowed Aiden Caesar to get into that gap in the first place. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing that people... Defensively, they misread that play. If that pass has gone forward, I mean, I saw, I saw a tweet from a journalist saying it was a mile forward, but it's clearly not a mile. If it has Literally travelled, a mile forward. If it is forward and it's passed forward out of the hands, it's marginal, I would say. Um, it drifts, maybe. But let's, let, let's for argument's sake, say it is forward. That That's not the reason why they scored the try. No. If he's passed it back another six inches, they still score the try. Yeah. So it goes back to your point. It still has to be defended. I'm not trying to defend the match officials there. If it's a mistake, it's a mistake. But you, that doesn't deny the opportunity for, for the defensive side to, to stop a try yeah. from being scored. And and the same person's probably not asking the question about Dufty and, and what happened towards the end. And that so, ultimately was the determining yeah. factor in who won. Well, there'll um, always be moments in games. And again, you know, should Dufty have taken it? Probably. Yeah, I've but, not seen it, but... Um, Leeds played a get-out-of-jail-free card. Mm. Um, and on a number of occasions this year, they've been on the wrong side of that ledger. They got they got one back yesterday. Mm. Uh, Warrington were improved on the Warrington that we've seen over the last seven defeats, um, which Gary Chambers kept stressing that it's all about standards, and the standards were higher this week than they'd been in previous weeks, which is what they're trying to instil, that what the way they played yesterday is now the minimum rather than what they've been doing the previous couple of months. Um, and, and Leeds did enough in their uh, scrambling defence and clearly the goal-kicking of Rhys Martin to ensure that they came out on the right side of the ledger. Um, and it was a game that very much summed up Super League this year. It wasn't full of quality, <laughs> mm. but you couldn't take your eye off it. It yeah, was gripping till the very end. That's where I was And there were some moments of really high skill. Drinkwater's kick for Nicholson was fantastic. You know, you, you didn't see that kick. Uh, until you realise what had happened it, it was brilliantly as he went into contact he got the ball away McDonald's pass will go viral because it was it was sensational Harry Newman was back for Leeds which is a major boost for them um, in terms of a spectacle you'd have paid six ninety five to watch it oh the tenor on the day as Kevin and uh, Chris did some are obvious forward passes and for tries you need to at least review but then are we going down the, rev- the road of reviewing everything like they do with a bunker when we don't have a bunker there are look. There are occasions when there are passes that are clearly forward, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not denying that. And you, as a referee, when you review the game, you think, "Oh God, yeah, I wish I had that opportunity to review it." But if there was that opportunity, you wouldn't clear it up no. because it would still split opinion. And, and the other know? thing about that game was in the first half, Danny Walker dropped a ball cold when he was mm. clear and could have been over the line, and Cameron Smith made a superb covering tackle on Josh Thewlis that mm. could have put Warrington two scores up. Now. In both of those occasions, Warrington couldn't capitalise, so the forward pass then becomes less relevant. But do we just have to go back to a mentality of things happen and they just happen, yeah. and we and, can't and if we can't legislate the, for everything? The, the other thing as well is I always look at the, the team that has been affected by the decision to gauge their reaction. Not one Warrington player complained that it was a forward pass. Mm. 
which I always take as like if they genuinely thought mm. that that was so far forward it needed to you know a protestation to the referee which wouldn't have changed anything they would have at least their captain would have gone up and asked the question but nobody queried it yeah probably done an hour uh, we've only talked about one of the big games. <laughs> you said it wouldn't be as long this week. No, no, I've talked about celebrities too much. Um, is there anything else coming out of Lee Warrington? Uh, Leeds Warrington, rather? No. No. Um, Other than Leeds are back in the playoff picture, which now looks which really is, congested. Which is brilliant, I think, because they'll end up winning the grand final. So, <laughs> so, but yeah. I think I saw something again on social media. Something like Warrington have lost, what, 10 out of the last 11? Yeah. Yeah, they've lost eight in a row, haven't they? But are still fifth, are they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? Which again, well, well, four you points clear, I think, were they at time at top table? About but, the competition. Yeah, absolutely. And but you know, one of the arguments is, well, how can you possibly have a team that's lost ten out of the last eleven still potentially qualifying in the top six and potentially winning the grand final? Well, but, potentially is the interesting word because they are in danger of dropping out this week. Yeah, if, if they don't win. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if you go down to. Um, Leeds is it I don't know who's who's towards the bottom that's still Leeds within chance Hull. yeah Leeds and Hull and possibly well, Hull's Hull's yeah, yeah. Been Leeds this week you know I just you know the, the argument would be sort of devalues the competition but I, I can't envisage that those teams even if they make the top six will make the grand final they're think, just they're too inconsistent the other thing about that is that's exactly what we want to sell the sport not every season can be great can because it? now Sky are saying there's something right on every game each weekend yeah, which, and that, which is fantastic and that's what you want you want the prospect of Qualifying for a, for a playoff, yeah. you know, you, you know, no one knows them. On, on what I saw yeah. last week, neither Warrington or Leeds are good enough to win the grand final. No. I know you can't compare things to football because it's daft to do so. But there have been many Premier League seasons that have been rubbish. Mm-hmm. But just because people watch it, then it's you know. But it's the best league in the world, apart from Germany now, where Harry Kane's gone to, which is the best league according to Sky because they've got the rights to it as well, which is uh, good news. Just Carson, just spot anyone in Germany. I think in Switzerland, I don't know if that'll be a thing as well. Eight in a row, eight in a row, ten out of the last eleven, because teams under us keep losing. Says Kevin, that's where they're still where they are. Yeah, no one's consistent apart from the Catalan Dragons, who won at Lee Leopards, who celebrated their Challenge Cup final extravaganza, thirty points to fourteen, and uh, you know, what Catalans won. Lately, as you mentioned earlier, probably tired after last week's. Catalan were brutally efficient. The second half they were. They were fantastic. Mm. Um, indisciplined a little bit in the first half, mm. but to win with the ease that they did, having played for twenty minutes without uh, with a man less, um, there's something about the structure that they're playing with at the moment that they are just so in tune with each other. Um, they're very hard to break down and work, they are ruthless when they get a chance yeah I think that you always I was watching I watched the game and I was kind of I know Lee were ahead and then they went further ahead and you, it never felt like I was the game was going to be sewn up at that point it was too early in the game and I always kind of felt that Catalan will probably wear them down in the end because mm. there's not many teams that can win off the back of a Challenge Cup final no. particularly against a team that's top of the table but again we've said it before about Catalan they just look they look the real deal for me they've got all the component parts yeah. and they've got Artemore coming back the, the only thing that could un- be their undoing it is their indiscipline yes. at times uh, and don't get me wrong I've seen worse from Catalan than, than what <laughs> happened um, it, you know yeah they've got they were, they were simbing but I, I think I, now I the charges that have come out of that yeah. I think they've got Mac bees Alone, at the most I think. Got fined for, yeah. got one I think he's got one match but that would yeah. be good because of his form but you know we've seen worse from them in terms of their indiscipline but 
They turned it around a little bit in the second half. And it looked to me like the, the key players for Lee were genuinely mentally fatigued as the game wore on. There was nothing in their legs. Um, Are you going to be out? And the issue with Lee is, is if the season finished today, they've got the coach of the year, they've got a trophy on the sideboard, they've fulfilled every expectation that their fans would have, would have had of them and more. But I just wonder if having a small squad is now is the time of the season that's going to affect them, because they needed to rotate some players, they needed to to put some fresh legs in, and they're going to need to do that again this week and maybe the week after. Because sometimes Wembley, from a form point of view, doesn't really affect you until mm. two weeks after. Um, and I don't know if they've got that depth of squad. Well, they haven't. I, I don't their, know their remaining fixtures. They play Hull KR away this week, so sort of repeat the Challenge Cup final. But that's you big, think Hull KR might be up for that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That be so that's a massive game. And they can them. rotate their squad. Then they're at home against Huddersfield, winnable game. Away at St Helens, at home against Wakefield, and at home against Wigan, who they've lost to, I think already what three, three times this year, twice, twice, twice. Yeah, so. You can see, still see them picking up wins, but oh, they've done. I, they'll I, be in the playoffs. Yeah. but I just think they they needed to freshen up their squad this week. It looked like a a team that clearly was more mentally than physically tired, and they also have some players who are at the aging end of the scale, and they're the ones that you need to protect at this time of year. I, I think they'll. I think they'll come back though, because I don't think they'll fade. I mean, no, they, I think they've they certainly will, talked about that, haven't they? About about which is why I think they put so much on that Leeds game the week before the cup yes that they were almost sort of envisaging well if we if we lose against Leeds and if we lose in the Challenge Cup final and then we lose yeah. the week after then suddenly <laughs> suddenly yeah. all the anticipation is gone well they've got a six point gap with five games to go so mm. I think they'll be fine mm. I don't think there's any question they'll be in the playoffs but they do need to preserve some of their talent yeah who um, are I thought it, we haven't picked dream teams yet, and it's it's probably a month too early. But if Tom Amon doesn't get in as a Super League prop of the year, then something's wrong because he's you, you get a vote, don't you? You get a vote. I don't know. It, we I used to, used but to. now it's select panel, isn't it? The, I don't know. I've, I've, I've never had a vote. Ellery and his pals picking now. I've never had a vote. Why would I? Why would I have a vote on it? Um, who who are rougher, Catalan's men or Catalan's handy team, as they call them? Handy, handy, yeah. They were very is, is, is that um, is that some kind of uh, vichy thing where they can't call it wheelchair? I don't know. Rugby a wheel. I don't know. Handy some Rugby a chair, I don't know. Handy. Um, yeah. And it was good that the wheelchair guys were all at least supporting um, the, yeah. the running team. Yeah. So again, I think it just shows that. And a good crowd on Saturday afternoon at, at yep. Lee, looks yep. like to me. I mean, obviously going to be 8, there. 8,000. Homecoming with the trophy, yeah. I get all that, yeah. but you know. Um, Huddersfield 8 Salford 32 I mean this is this is a game which is only interest to the two teams involved no no one's interested in this game it's whatsoever. really interesting to Salford because clearly they've put a run of poor for performances behind them um, and that is a comprehensive win <laughs> it's certainly yeah, it nilled them in the second you half. would be slightly worried if you were Huddersfield because again they've gone through that little bit of a revival <laughs> and that, that's you know well, I think out of all the clubs they're probably the only club that Probably don't have much to play for now, do they? Well, if they beat, if they third from beat, bottom, out they beat Leeds on Sunday. They're back in that playoff yeah, mix. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was the analysis of Huddersfield versus Hull. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and to be fair, it's going to be the same for St Helens versus Hull. KR six six nil at half time. They win twenty eight six. We've made the excuses not not made excuses for Hull. KR, but it's just know, very hard to come out of it the is. cup final, mm-hmm. particularly if you've lost. And the first half would give them in, enormous hope. 
Um, and again, that's what we said about Lee is with Hulkar. They, they lost that heavily game yeah. against Wigan and now lost the Challenge Cup final. Lost St. Helens. I you know, appreciate them playing Wigan and St. Helens, two difficult t- sides to beat. But, but it makes Lee an interesting game. It does. It makes that a big game this week for them, both sides. Uh, Kevin surprised by the score between Huddersfield and Salford, and that is the the, the talking mm. point out of that game is the, the not the victory for Salford, but the manner of the victory for Salford. But I think going back to Paul Rowley's comments the week before, or the last game they played, it, I think probably what irked him was that I think he thought that their performance was much improved. Yeah. So I suspect that he the, he was agreed that he felt that it was a game they probably should have won, and then it probably turned into into that. I'm going to assume you must have refereed a game involving Golden Point. Are you a fan? Um, I'm kind of indifferent on it. <laughs> if I'm if I'm being brutally honest, <laughs> that's the best way to me. Well, I just I, I I get it. I understand why they do it. It doesn't really bother me either way. Uh, you, you just get on with it as a referee. Um, it's fraught. Drop goals are fraught with decisions. You know, is somebody not square at marker? Is somebody blocked on the way? Da, da, da. There's lots of things to yeah, consider. Yeah, you give a penalty. You, 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 yeah, you're only going to give a penalty if you're absolutely nailed on. And you know, it, look, it's difficult because you don't want to impact on the result. And and you know, the chances are you may do the longer the game goes on and and, and is so close, and then you end up at goal point. I've seen some of the comments as there as, they, as they're coming through suggesting that we shouldn't have them, but. They're here to stay, whether you like them or not. They're here to stay. They create drama, as we've seen multiple times this season. Appreciate that when it's probably not on TV, you don't, you haven't got that TV audience that are buying in. But um, we've seen it in the Challenge Cup semi-final, didn't we? That was tremendous. And the final itself. Yeah. Um, you know. And, and Harry Smith, who missed the three conversions, then becomes the hero because he lands a forty-five meter. Yeah drop goal yeah. in Golden Point I, I get the argument that it's a cup match and you have to have a result no, I, as opposed I, to the I, league game but I, I sport is about winning and losing yeah and drama and I get narrative. if you're a whole FC fan you're going to be gutted yeah, out this week but they might win by Golden Point yeah. next week and then they'll love it again yeah the charts are in I'm just seeing with uh, we had two episodes chart in the actual episode chart last week on rugby and it, we may have actually had Oh no, uh, Gus, uh, Gus Gould was above us. Okay, and out of, out of our league. But we might have had the third biggest episode of a rugby po- rugby league podcast on the rugby charts. It's half full of all this stuff. World Cup coming up apparently. Um, I don't know. It's good to see that the uh, England rugby union team, having had a whole week of everyone banging on about Owen Fowles' tackle technique, the other fella goes out and does exactly the same thing this week, which is which is amazing. Must have stolen it from rugby league because they do everything. Although else. interesting point coming out of that, which I hadn't quite realised the uh, rugby union had introduced, is the idea that they simbin Farrell, didn't they? Yes. And then they and have like eight minutes. Th- yeah, they've got time. Yeah, to the referee has eight minutes can to we review turn it from a yellow to a yeah. red. Mm. And they didn't. And now World Rugby are challenging it. Interesting. So they the, the, governing, the governing body is challenging it. Yeah. Well, they're challenging the status of rugby league in Norway as well. While we're after all It's quite. Does anyone care about either? Uh, no offence to any of our Norwegian listeners, we're not in the charts there. Does anyone care about rugby of either flavour in Norway? I, I think Steve again, Mascot is not selling Norwegian shirts, which to me is an indication <laughs> that it might not be the, the biggest thing going in Norway. The same thing will happen in Norway as happened in Turkey, where the rugby union say we're not going to recognise rugby league, even though we have 
they divest themselves of it, which gives rugby league the chance to get recognition in its own right. Because I think, for some strange reason, rugby union in Norway also covers American football <laughs> and Aussie rules. They play Aussie rules in Norway. Well, Carson's asked if we've got any thoughts on what Brazil have said on X. Now I've got to go see what Brazil have said on X. Um, talk about Wigan and Hull. Is there anything to talk about Wigan and Hull? I've got to spell Brazil right first. Well, most clearly it was a good performance by Hull, wasn't it? Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't have anticipated probably that. No. But, um, I, I've not seen any of it, so it's difficult to comment well, on the And I think, the again, the, Wigan have scored a try three minutes from time to get them in the the opportunity of going to, to Golden Point. Um so Hull have clearly defended incredibly well for the majority of the game. Here's Brazil last week. This is a press release they put out. Oh, I think I've seen this. I'm not going to read it all. They didn't tag us. Oh, they did, they, did, they did tag us in it. I didn't see this. Why didn't I see this? Oh, that's odd. Um, anyway, this time we got Troy Grant. But he's quit, he's quit anyway, hasn't he? He's leaving. Do we know who's taking over? Is it Ralph? <laughs> so usually, usually it goes from one to the other. But again, well, oh, that was it. White boots, Gianni and Fantino giving over the Women's World Cup in white uh, trainers. Oh, no, he looked like a Burke. Well, he is a Burke, anyway. That, anyway, um, sorry. But well, isn't that like right interviewing a isn't, isn't that like interviewing a turkey before Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because clearly Brazil are not going to be featuring them yeah. as part of it, are and they? And clearly they do need to know what the South American Championship is going to be and how that's going to affect their, their women's team. Um, still have the ability to, to be involved in a World Cup the men's team have to become full members I, I'm not convinced as, as it says in the latest issue of 4020 that's necessarily a bad thing that nations have to have a certain level of participation they have to put their house in order they have to have government recognition and funding to be full members well like it's going to a World Cup is nice, but it, it shouldn't be you know an automatic given if you haven't got those other things. Absolutely, and if we talk about legacy, which is one of the big things that comes out <laughs> of these events, is there has to be a legacy, yes. and you can't just use that as a word. And how can there be a legacy if you don't even have government recognition of your sport in your country? Yeah. You don't have playing fields or whatever. I mean, you know, great that Jamaica were part of the World Cup, but what's the legacy there? What's the what's the effect? I think again, Jamaica? you'd have to have a look at participation numbers, and if mm. you've got one extra men's team and two or three more women's team, that's great. But it's not quite yet enough no. to make. But by the same token, full membership has to be applied to those who currently are full members to see if they're measuring up. And and people have pointed the finger at, for example, Scotland, and saying, you know, why are they any different to? Greece, bearing in mind the number of people that are playing. So Scotland's full membership needs to be reviewed. At the same time, Greece have some things they need to do to get government support to, to get to full member state. One of the things they are doing is they're getting more discernible participation, which is great. The, the Greek season that kicks off, I think in October, will have the most number of teams ever planning. Well, that's clearly moving them in the right direction. They may well be the next full members. They might even replace Scotland. But but that doesn't necessarily mean you qualify for a men's tournament. No, it means you've fulfilled some mm. criteria that allow you to. But the other thing that Troy Grant announced, which we don't know any of the detail of, is there's, there's going to be this World, the World Series. Series. <laughs> so nations that don't qualify for 
the World Cup will play in the World Series, which, which again is great. But how, is, how well, are we going to qualify for that? Who's going to pay for it? Where yeah. is it going to be broadcast? Who's going to officiate the game? It, is it different to an Emerging Nations World Cup, or is it the same? I, you know, all well, I was just going to say that because I remember I think it was 1995 World Cup, wasn't it? When there was an Emerging it Nations was. World Cup that ran alongside the Men's yeah. World Cup, and I remember going to some of those I games. Think, did did Ireland, play America? Morocco? Yeah, I remember going to a game in Northampton. I went to the Dewsbury. Dewsbury hosted a game. I remember going to a game. No, can't remember but no. you know I get that I get that there's almost a separate competition for clubs that are emerging yeah. but clearly somebody has to finance bringing yeah. people from all across the world to come and play those games and, and if, that's though, a significant if most of those nations are using domestic players mm. then that's not a bad thing either yeah. because it's building up the, the you know I get that some nations have had great um, great development Potential by maybe starting an exiles team in Australia and shipping it back. I think North Macedonia are probably going to be the next team that will do that. And I understand why it, it, sometimes it's very hard to start something in a country that has no history of rugby league. But if you start it and then bring it to that country, it can work. But Portugal, for example, tried to do that and it didn't work. It was only ever really an Australian based. But from thing. a financial point of view, you would think regional tournaments are more achievable than yeah. world tournaments. Absolutely. And if you get somebody like an Aidan Caesar who wants to play for Turkey and will fund himself to go and do that mm. because it means so much to him. Mm. And, and I think the last, um, was it Euro D that Turkey were in, he went there off his own money to, to act as an advisor. He didn't play. He was mm. just, you know, wanted to be around the squad, wanted to tell them some of the things it meant to you know, play for that country and how to be a professional or a semi-professional player in terms of attitude, if not payment. And, and you'd never stop people doing that if it means that much to them. Um, but I'm not sure that you know Turkey getting to World Cup and Aiden Caesar playing in that World Cup necessarily, per se, helps them develop the sport back in Turkey. No, but it might help the podcast. <laughs> See, That's on, why I mentioned on, Turkey. On a, on a random tangent. It wasn't just purely thrown in there. We were, we were talking before, about, uh, before the, the programme started about the Netball World Cup on a completely different topic. But some of the nations you mentioned I played, how did they... If we knew how they fund things, maybe we could copy that because a netball World Cup happened and Sri Lanka are there and here, there and everywhere else. There. There so they must have had the funding from somewhere to do it. But I can't imagine netball is a big sport in any in either of those yeah. countries or whatever. So yeah. how can they fund that? How can but smaller were, countries fund rugby league? And this and the other was, there were broadcast rights paid for it. And you don't know how much of that's filtered. But again, the next netball World Cup, they'll they'll go through the same exercise that we have and say, did we have too many teams? Did we, you know, is the television companies prepared to come back and fund it for four weeks if they'd rather do it for two and have high quality games? It, it you know, the Commonwealth Games is a classic example, isn't it? Yeah. The, we've already, the the next two Commonwealth Games, the hosts have pulled out. The games haven't changed, the number of events haven't changed, the countries involved haven't changed, but they've decided it's too expensive to host. The great Michael Waydock had a great idea when he was at Radio Yorkshire and he's continued that thought today on Twitter. The north of England should bid for it. So you'd have the swimming at Ponds Forge or whatever, the running at Gateshead. You know, that would be the way to do the Commonwealth Games going forward because... Leeds isn't going to build an athletic stadium because where are you going to put it? Very good. But anyway, so the Northern Powerhouse Commonwealth. Games. Oh, remember, remember the Northern yeah. Powerhouse. You remember that? It got us a World but Cup, paid for by leveling up money that never happened. Remember the leveling up, but the you know you can't compare rugby league netball. I know it's, it seems strange to put rugby league in the same sphere as netball, but and some people will be upset about that. But and, and in terms of an international game, you can't compare our World Cup, their World Cup, 
the hockey thing that's going on in, in Germany at the minute to the FIFA World Cup, either men or women, because they've got unlimited amounts of money yeah, to do the their thing. World Cups with. And if you can afford to um, stand a loss for the profile that World Cup brings, that's fine. But one of the problems that International Rugby League has is it doesn't have a war chest. Mm. It has to be self-sufficient. But there were some International Rugby League announcements this last week, weren't there? Yeah, nations, the, nations the Pacific Cup and the Pacific, Pacific Bowl, which I yep. think sound like great tournaments, basically yep. Tri-Nations. Yep, two lots of Tri-Nations. Australia, the New Zealand, Samoa, yep. and then PNG, PNG Fiji. PNG hosting as well, which, is great. which yep. is great. With finals. Um, and you, that is almost exclusively paid for by the Australian government, hmm. which again... You know, not this wouldn't have happened without external finance. They've seen the value of the Pacific as a political region mm. and want to fund it. They're also getting behind the NRL being the 18th team. They're putting a lot of money into that, mm. so they're making sure that routes are put down that are going to be sustainable on a number of levels. Rugby league just being one of them, and maybe that's how we have to go. We haven't got that in the Americas at the moment, much as we'd like to mm. think we have. We haven't got it in Western Europe at the mm. moment. We're turning to a Commonwealth Games podcast now. Kevin says Manchester was, Manchester was successful and Glasgow was successful as well. I think Glasgow had a lot of the buildings already there, the arena and such, and I think they built the velodrome off the back of it. They transformed Hamden Park and then transformed it back. So, so we built an athletic, we put an athletic track in and then took it away again. It cost an awful lot of money though. Birmingham obviously was the last host in the UK. And it, I can't remember that I was reading about it. You know, you're talking hundreds of millions of pounds. Mm. And ultimately, there's been only Australia. Is think Australia and the UK that have hosted yeah. it? In Canada, how many occasions? In no. Canada, but there was also women's tournaments alongside those uh, yeah. games. Or women's games, rather than it wasn't a tournament, was it? One-off yeah. games. Some were against Fiji, PNG against Cook Islands, New yeah. Zealand against Tonga, and Australia against New Zealand. Which is great. It's just um, you know I don't know what the development is and the plan is for Europe. No, it's money. It's when some when a broadcaster comes forward, th- things will happen. Um, but I think some, it might have been Steve Maskell wrote today, so something that's you know very pertinent that the lesser European nations that don't rely on flying people over to play for them are actually in a better position to mm. arrange their. You know, Malta have just announced five internationals. Albania will be playing against the Netherlands. You can organise that because it's going to be domestic players. Yeah. But when you get to Wales and Scotland and Ireland, they they to be competitive against maybe England and France, they've got to bring the Luke Kearys over, yeah. and that's the cost. And unless you can cover that, you can get a broadcaster. Who's Can't get a Ryanair flight, can you, from Australia? Sadly. Difficult. I think yeah, there's about fifteen stops on the way. <laughs> Is the Rugby League World Cup now the Commonwealth Games Rugby League with a French guest team? That's Carson. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? We've got Jamaica as well. Oh no, Jamaica in the Commonwealth. Is anyone not in the Commonwealth? Australia probably don't want to be in it. I just think Commonwealth itself is an outdated concept, but that's a different podcast. Then the games are. Robert is a neutral watcher of rugby league, coming from Stoke-on-Trent. I want to sing the song from Dick and Dom in the bungalow now, but that'll mean nothing to anyone. I cannot watch St. Helens and Wigan. Don't watch TV when they're on. Spoiling the game. No one likes Saints or Wigan, do they? Or Leeds or Warrington. <laughs> don't like any Well, Friday night you've got Hull, KR and Lee, so you don't need to right, worry yeah, about that's it. Good, yeah. And then Saturday night you've got Catalan and Wigan, which actually will be worth watching, because I reckon if the Dragons win that, they're virtually nailed on for the league leadership. Yeah, it's a massive game for Catalan there. Yes. In the Championship this week, Bradford beat Newcastle, 36-8. But the worrying thing... Oh, yeah, sorry. Attendance, 2,600. 
When they're back in Super League, they'll have 20,000 again. At Bradford. At Bradford. 20,000. Yeah. And they do it without the bloke who bit someone and now has been banned for it. Keith Lee beat Batley 26 20. Massive result. Big King. result for the yeah. Cougars who uh, move above Swinton on points difference, who uh, were beaten at Toulouse 26 6. Again, you'd have to say, did Wembley have a factor in both Batley and Halifax both losing? losing. Yeah, Halifax lost at London, didn't they? Yeah, twenty six. Sheffield ten, Featherstone thirty eight, and Witness thirty. York forty. A very high scoring, exciting game. Uh, whatever Witness Stadium is called these days, uh, that's York out of it. Obviously, in turn, I think. And they have I been think for a Swinton weeks. deserved a lot of credit because I think there's teams that have gone to Toulouse mm. and lost by fifty. And mm. what was it? Um, six two late, half time. Two late region, tries. Yeah. yeah, Swinton were winning at half time, and, and Toulouse got was it two tries in the last four yeah. minutes. Yeah. I don't think it was played at their usual ground. No, it was in Carcassonne, which is a beautiful place. I think the next three games, they're they're not allowed to use their stadium because it's it's been used for the Rugby Union. The the Commonwealth uh, Commonwealth Rugby Union thing. But they're at Alby, I think, for one of their games. Yeah, they're Alby this week for for their game against Barrow. And then they might be going back to Carcassonne. Yeah, Carcassonne's beautiful. People are going. Yes, Medieval Wall City. Played winging in the Regal Trophy. Cassoule. So it was say castle, but it's not yeah. really. I mean, in castle, 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 but yeah. yeah. Where is the castle in Castleford? Gone, been knocked down, sold for scrap. It's a question for the comments. <laughs> Whitehaven Barrow tonight, though, is a massive yes. game as a result, yes. particularly with yes. that Keithley win. Uh, I, I mean, we've said it before, but in that championship, the, t- the race is massive from to avoid relegation, isn't it? Just financially, it's, yeah, it's huge, and of course. Um, Swinton will have a new coach next year who will be desperately Alan, hoping Alan that Kil- he's coaching a- a- in Lion, the championship. Alion Kilshaw, yes. it says in the paper. That was what, it was well um, coordinated between Swinton and Hunslet because no sooner has Hunslet tweeted than so had Swinton, which was good. Uh, and Drew's been looking for a new coach because uh, Liam Finn's off to Halifax. Yes, he's got yes. massive family ties for him. So uh, we'll see how they go next year. Um, Carcassonne, when they played Wigan in the Regal Trophy, um, this is something I remember reading in Wally Lewis's coming, the, the legendary Wakefield fanzine of the early 90s. Uh, Ray French thought Chris Perry, who had played for Wakefield and was Australian, was French and kept calling Chris Perry. <laughs> um, was the wheelchair player of the match award named after any wheelchair people? Or was yeah. it just done now? I refereed a game in the last few years at Carcassonne. It's beautiful, it is beautiful, isn't it? It was a pre season. Oh, no, was it pre season friendly? Or was it Wales? That was an international thing because England women, it was memorable, clearly. <laughs> England women played France before as a curtain raiser and I think I refereed uh, a European game. It was Wales against uh, France, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I think I also did a warm-up game there with Toulouse against uh, Catalan. You don't fancy refereeing a wheelchair game. Right? You don't have to do as much running in that. You can stand on the side. Yeah, I did wonder what the yo-yo fitness standards were for wheelchair officials, particularly well, because, and no disrespect, David Dave Butler, who was the lead, exactly. Disrespectful, no, he 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 played a game and then refereed. Yeah, straight after. I mean, wow, hats off. And also was involved in the ticketing for the event because it was in Sheffield. David, if you want, you cannot keep a good man down, can you? No, I did did reply to your email, but I I I only I saw it late, so please reply. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Kevin's asked us a million dollar question. Oh, I don't do it now. It's like half past seven. A million dollar question, what can be done to help out rugby in the heartlands of Cumbria and North Manchester in Oldham, Swinton and Rochdale? Mergers. Oh. Next That's question. a whole podcast, oh. isn't it? Yeah. 
we'll, maybe, okay. we'll maybe come back to that. Yeah, true. Tuesday next week because it's a bank holiday. Yeah. Are you free on Tuesday? Probably. Yeah. I, 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 we can't do Monday because the shop's shut and there's carnival on. Yes. So there's no chance we're going to But the good news is next Tuesday is our birthday. The podcast's birthday. We're five years old. Cake. Excellent. Yeah, cake um, and stuff. We are five years old. So. We'll get uh, pe- people can go back and watch the first program and say it's be good this doesn't it yeah, <laughs> in fact you were talking about um, you were talking about Jason Robinson earlier on when I was listening in the car and uh, was it Hare Hills Chapel Town I thought yeah I'm driving through that now <laughs> and it's like it's like the Dodgems yeah there's no Rebunion being played there is there the RFU yeah. are not going to go down to Chapel <laughs> they're not they're not just not going to go there um, League One have you covered League One no it's just about to um, well we mentioned the scholars didn't we yes because they're not uh, they're not happening I am I don't, I, don't I don't think Cornwall happened either. They lost sixty million no. Doncaster, didn't they? Because they've had some decent scores yeah. and results actually this year, so they'd be, they'd be disappointed with that. Yeah. But it's a long way from Cornwall to oh. Doncaster. Carson, mm-hmm. I'll try and remember to wear the shirt, the t-shirt next week. But yeah, I need to get the kit sorted. Um, I, I do like what Doncaster are doing with having. Uh, I've mentioned it before. The community games on before the main game mm. I yeah. think that's a really good mm. that's a really good thing I'm, I'm glad they're allowed to do that at their stadium and, and there is a massive a game this week against Dewsbury for Doncaster because there is a possibility that Oldham could catch them because mm. they've got a midweek game um, but if Doncaster are going to make a play for promotion mm. through the playoffs they're going to have to beat a team as good as Dewsbury so it was Doncaster's anniversary of their first game earlier this week because I tweeted the programme of it from 1951 well obviously we have a vested interest in Carl Ball doing well because he's a communist I guess with Dewsbury already having won it's interesting to see what psychological impact that has he'll want to go out on a high won't he yeah I I, I think I read something about Oldham now playing at Boundary Park earlier so are they going to play this year then yeah well they've got they're there on Wednesday against Workington Right. Um, and then they, they, their last game is also at home to Midlands. So. Right. Six men who could take over as Dewsbury Rams coach: Paul Sykes, Sam Burgess, who's from Dewsbury, Tom Livers- Burgess, Liversage. George George Burgess, Luke Burgess, George Burgess, <laughs> Julie Burgess, Julie Burgess, Paul Sykes, Dowell Powell. That's eight. No? <laughs> um, put that on your website. Um, Barnes Dunworth has pointed out. You mentioned James Child. I'm from Dewsbury. James Child, nine, ten. Would you want? Would you want to do it? Dad, yeah, I'd I'd do do it. It. What's your tactical now? So you, you I have absolutely talk. no idea. So <laughs> go, go out there and <laughs> visit want, awareness. If they want to yo-yo back down to League One, then yeah, point me. <laughs> uh, Barnes Dunworth has mentioned that um, scholar thing. I mean, it is a concern, isn't it? This late yes. in the season, the team. I mean. We, it's What's also a concern is that they, they were going to have a takeover, financial takeover, Which that was announced and that's now not happening and you do worry um, what the future is for a club like Scholars. It's happening too much in the Women's Championship as well where every week there's one or two games which have been mm-hmm. not but played. But this is at semi-professional Yeah, level. which is, yeah, yeah. Um, and we also know that the distribution is likely to be virtually nothing from next year mm-hmm. for the League One clubs, so... Mm-hmm. We don't know if they picked up injuries yesterday in the game against ones like the players can't get time off work or whatever, but they would have known about this game coming up. They wouldn't have known they were playing in three days' time or whatever, so that is a big shame. Oldham, uh, Oldham 24, 20 winners at Rochdale. Big, is it a big local derby? I guess yes. it is these days. Yeah. Um, Rochdale look like they're going to be the lowest ranked of the traditional sides this year if we take out unfairly 
Midlands, Cornwall, and London. But we are unfair, so a lot yeah, of rebuilding. But I think as they've well. got a lot, a lot of kids at Rochdale, and they're, they're building. Um, this this was always going to be another transitional year for them. I know Andy Mays has got plans for the club. It's just whether he can do it without any central funding. Manchester Hornets. Oh, that's, that's I'm not sure that that's the answer. No. I think the answer is they retain their identity, and, and you look at is there another aspirant club that could be put in the is area where their best players could play for. Which do they the need one, the more element merges we never had in '96? Was it was it was all or nothing. Whereas if we genuinely think or an investor would come in and say there is a, there is a space for a Manchester team. Do they need a partner like... Well, no, Leeds Mal aren't a partner Kukic. Leeds aren't a partner with Oldham, are they? But Leeds have no, a, a best interest in the, in the amateur. Found, the, the Leeds Foundation is, is, is taken over a lot of the um, development in Oldham because the Oldham club don't have the resource yeah. to do that. Um, and, it, and it's generating players and it's giving people an opportunity through Oldham College so it, it's working um, but I also think that we, we bang on a lot about Manchester and we need a Manchester presence actually we don't we've got Salford what we need is to make Salford the, Salford the is a city club. Yeah. it's an identity yeah. oh, it's not nothing, the nothing else you know Manchester has two ridiculously enormous football <laughs> teams that might be why rugby league under the name Manchester has never been successful. Mm. But we do have Salford. That's our point of difference. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure merges is the answer and calling it Manchester. I, I, I don't think that'll yeah. work. I think you'd lose more than you gain. Cumbria, I think, is a different issue, which we probably should come back to. Um, we've had no um, selections of um, famous people. But Patsy did ask if we should bring back the Charity Shield, because I've Today was Witnesses' anniversary of their first Charity Shield win, and the last one to be. We, we had 5,000 people in the Isle of Man in 1988 watching Rugby League. 5,000 people in Dublin in 1995 watching Leeds and Wigan. I was there. And Phil. Um, Sat next who is a person, he counts in that. He, he, the, the greatest thing for that, for me, was that um, Tony Ward, the famous Irish fly half who would have made a brilliant Rugby League player was there to write a piece for one of the Irish newspapers and clearly wasn't there to do a hatchet job. He, he was delighted that rugby league was being played on his home turf. And he was just wonderful company, you know, just asking about what was happening on the pitch and why it was happening. And, um, you know, he, he was extolling the, the joy of seeing that great Wigan team there at the the showgrounds in Dublin who couldn't show off their skills because they'd been the horse of the year show the night before <laughs> and the, the pitch was dug up um, but it was great to have somebody of that st- you, we started a programme talking about people who could be celebrity yeah. endorser rugby league Tony Ward at the time was as good a rugby union player as there was and he was there saying I just love this game and I think he I, I, I don't know if he did but, uh, didn't see the papers when we left but I think he wrote a really pro rugby league piece and for, for somebody who was held in such high esteem by rugby union to do that just shows why again the, the charity shield was worth it Hugh McGann's first game in charge of Leeds before Dean Bell arrived that's why rugby league such a dominant sport in Dublin well it's clearly people are playing what I'm trying to say is that you're all right having one-off games, yeah. but there has to be yeah. there has to be a Absolutely. there has to be a strategy behind you, yeah. why you have a game, and why you have a game, and there has to be you know. Well, and again, if the NRL are looking at Las Vegas as a potential market, we as Super League should be looking at Dublin as a potential market because I think that the whole Andy Farrell story about you know how he's turned Irish rugby union into world force, the fact that we do have 
domestic competition play in Dublin, the, the Exile, Dublin City Exiles women's team won their grand mm. final. Um, it's so easy to get to. It's easier than driving mm. along the bloody M62. You can get a Ryanair flight to Dublin. You can get a Ryanair flight normally for a very cheap amount of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if we were to take a couple of games and play them in Dublin strategically, then that's what IMG should be looking at. Somebody's going to have to bring back the charity shield. Home game advantage, but if they were financially compensated and if the fans had enough notice and we made it a, a celebration of rugby league in a city that it's great to go to, a bit like travelling to Perpignan. Problem is, we, we talked talk last week about you know uh, having these events and these trips and the cost, and then then well, you had to catch out another it's trip. A, it's a couple of it's four teams every year, and you would mm. rotate it, and you would make sure you went back every year, and every team's fans would get the chance to go on that trip, and money that was generated would go to the teams to enable them to go over there. But mm. and you get to sell lots of green merchandise, and you and on the back uh, of that, the domestic scene in Ireland. In, you know, participation improves. Two games, four teams. Team who scores the most points wins a trophy. Invent trophies, more trophies, uh, but not trophy. Mark bitters. Aston trophy. Mark Aston trophy. Uh, is that it? I think that's it. I think that's it. So lots of rugby. We're definitely week. not doing an hour and a half this week. No, definitely not because there's nothing to talk about, and we won't have next week after uh, a fairly. Look at the fixtures. They're boring, aren't they? It's going to be rubbish this week. No. Stay home <laughs> and watch. Stay home and watch the football. Watch that. Harry Kane will be scoring goals for Bayern Munich or something. Uh, there's nothing going on. So enjoy the week. Uh, we'll be back enjoy on, the bank holiday. Enjoy the bank holiday. Enjoy carnival if you've got it in your city. Uh, we don't have any Wakefield. We don't have like, any carnivals. Or come anything. to Leeds. So we've come got to a great Leeds. one. Come to Leeds instead. Uh, but we'll be back on Tuesday with the big birthday show, which will just be a normal program. But with cake. <laughs> <laughs> with cake. With cake. Sports Social Podcast Network.